Thank you, Jesus. This is our prayer that you take us by your hand. That, Father, you lead us. Our desire today, even on this mission Sunday, Lord, is to be used by you. Father, we acknowledge the need that is there in this world. The need that is there all around us, in our communities, in our families. God, there's a need. And today, Father, I'm praying that even by our worship, that you see our hearts and our desires to be used by you. We want to be used by you. So help us today. Help us today, Jesus. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of our, of our lives. You're worthy of us being devoted and given to your purposes and plans. You didn't hold back, so why should we? So Father, I just pray for us today. Open our hearts. Challenge us today. As we just set our hearts before you, Lord, and in surrender, Lord, challenge us today. Help us today. Help us today. Help us today. Come on, can we just open our hearts before the Lord just for a moment and just yield and surrender our lives to Him afresh? That's what worship really does. It lifts our eyes from ourselves and it puts its attention on God. Can we just put our attention on Him for a moment? Just see Him high and lifted up. See him, see him bearing those nail-pierced hands. See the sacrifice that he made so that you and I could be in this place. And let's just yield our lives before him. Jesus, 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 we put you at your rightful place today. We put you at your rightful place today. And we surrender. And we surrender. In Jesus' name we do pray. Can we just appreciate the Lord one more time? Come on. Wow. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Just sweet moments in the presence of the Lord. Sweet moments in the presence. Don't you love just being in the house of God? So we're going to read our scriptures today from Romans 1, 13 to 14. Hallelujah. Let's read it together with some psych. Let's go. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that I have planned to visit you many times. Although I have been prevented from coming until now, I want to harvest some fruit among you, just as I have done among the other Gentiles. I have a responsibility, both to the Greeks and to those who don't speak Greek, both to the wise and to the foolish. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. What a pleasure and a privilege for me to be sharing on this Mission Sunday. Hallelujah. It's such, it's such an honor for me to be able to do this. And I'm so grateful to the Lord for allowing me this time on this mission Sunday. And I pray that even as you hear the word of the Lord today, as I said earlier on, that your hearts are being open to be challenged for what God wants to do in you and what God wants to do through you. This past Sunday, I don't know, I know all of us didn't meet this past Sunday, but this past Sunday, I had an opportunity together with my family to connect with one of my down cells, and we went for Cell Sunday. And man, what a wonderful time we had. Man, it was, it was over the top. It was more than what I expected. It was just a beautiful time. And I was thinking to myself as we were in Cell Sunday, and I was like, man, we are part of a great church. <laughs> like, we are a part of a great church. You know, so many times as pastors, we, we see you from this point over there. 
But in Cell Sunday, we get an opportunity to come to your cells, and then we get to interact and connect. And I was like, man, we have a great church. I mean, it was just a moment right there for me. I was like, this is awesome. And I don't know about you, but NLC has been a blessing to me and my family. I mean, it's just been a huge blessing to me. It's impacted me in so many ways. I cannot even begin to tell you. And as we were seated in the circle and as I was hearing the testimonies of different ones about God's goodness, looking back to how God has brought us in these past two years, which has just been an interesting time. And I I was looking around the circle and in the cell I went to, a lot of those people have been with them for a very long time. Like we've been together for over 20 years. Some people in that room were like, they've been here since 91, you know, and I was just like, wow, what a blessing that is. So I started to reflect after the cell Sunday. I just started to reflect on my journey and my story in this church. I came to this church in 1998. I know it's been a while. Eh? I don't look it. I look like I came the other day. Thank you. I appreciate those, those wonderful thoughts towards me. But we, we, we came here in 91 and I started reflecting on just how impacted I've been in this church. Because when I joined NLC, to be honest, I wasn't following the Lord. I wasn't a believer. I'd taken the cynic route. You know the cynic route? Don't look at me as if you don't know the cynic route. Some of you were there when I was there. You know, that cynic route. And I wasn't saved, but I was in another church. My dad's and my mom's church. And we went to church every Sunday. The rule in our house was, as long as you're in my dad's roof, it doesn't matter where you are on Saturday, what you were doing on that Saturday, he needed to see you seated in church without fail. So that's what I did. I faithfully attended church because that was the rule. So by the time a friend of ours brought us to NLC, man, it was different. It was different. It was different for us. And I'm not saying where we were, it was bad or God wasn't moving. No, God was. God was moving. But something stood out for me in this church from the first Sunday. Something stood out. And this is what stood out for us. That there was a good, positive demand to be involved. I don't know about how your experience was when you came here, but me, I felt like, hey, there's a positive demand to be involved. From praise and worship. I mean, people were wild. Going crazy. And that Sunday when I came, I saw everyone and pastor, praise was kicking like today. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Praise was kicking. And pastor just shouted, let's go out and do a lap for Jesus. And everyone, you know, when you hear something like that, you think no one will go. Because that's what I was used to. People don't, you know, connect. (laughs) Everyone ran from the bleachers. I mean, guys are running down. And I'm there shocked, like, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? And everyone ran to the field. Men were removing their jackets and swinging it and taking a lap for Jesus. I was like, woo-wee. Then giving came. I never had people shouting over giving. It's time to give. Woo! I was like, wow, what's going on? Like these people are excited to give their money away. Then they started shouting. We used to do this back in the day. They would turn to the east and say, Jesus is Lord. Then to the west, Jesus is Lord. I mean, wow. Then we'd stand in the end and we'd declare the vision together. 
And people would say it from their offhand. I mean, they'll share scripture, we do giving. Back then, we didn't have a tear that you're looking at the reading. There we were here. It was all here. Involvement. <laughs> Involvement. And it was clear. If I wanted to be part of this community <laughs> of believers truly benefiting from being planted in this church, I needed to be prepared to be involved. Sitting on the sideline wasn't going to be an option if I really wanted to enjoy and receive all God had in store for us here. But on a side note, one thing that I noticed is that it's only through involvement that you can really build a community. Only through involvement. Each one doing their part. I gained in this house, as a result of my involvement, I gained a family. I gained a support system. An accountability space. Accountability base, a safe space, a nurturing atmosphere that allowed me to grow. If I decided to sit out, if I decided to be on the sidelines, none of that would have been available to me. So from the moment I decided to join NLC, decided and said, this is where God has planted me in prayer and believing and trusting, and my parents praying together and us being released. Man, involvement has been my way of life. It's been my way of life. Joining cells, then joining city lights, being involved in ushering team. I was part of the ushering team. I started out in the ushering team. Hallelujah, just keep strong, my brothers and sisters, keep strong. I started in the ushering team, then we joined the consolidation team during our youth event called Extreme Weekend, my brother and I. And that's where we really gave our lives to the Lord. We joined the team and then we gave our lives to the Lord. It was very powerful, very powerful moments. God saved at the same time. It's another whole story over there. You know, and started serving. Then we immediately joined the choir. Then after a few years, joined the worship team. Man, it was a beautiful time. Got trained as a leader and started leading. We went through spiritual foundations. And then I started leading. Did sound at one point. Believe it or not, I did sound. Man, that was the hardest job I ever did in my life. We used to, you know, they would tear down every Sunday, you know, in the stadium. Then go all the way to the Westlands. Then, you know, put, then come back on Sundays again. I mean, it was a lot of work. I got involved just one time. And I was like, I don't think this is my ministry. Everyone has their strengths. That wasn't mine. And that's what I did. And I connected there. Then I connected for Kids House for a moment. Just for a moment, leading praise for the kids. It was exciting times. Wrote some songs for them. We did an album for them. I mean, it was a, an amazing season of time. Then I moved on and moved and joined. Until this point, became a pastor. Leading a link. But one of my best things that I did, and I'll never forget this man, was prison outreach. We were involved in one of the biggest, most excited prison visits. Went to Naivasha Prison Maximum. And the ladies we were with were the first ones, I think, from the time it was opened to come into that prison. Ever. They saw the ladies. When we entered in, the inmates were going into their jail because we were coming to visit them. And then they saw the ladies and the ladies saw them. And everything stopped. The doors were being closed behind us. And these were big doors. We were with Rebecca. These were big doors. And all of a sudden, they're being told, go to your places in Swahili. Go, go. And they're not moving. They've seen ladies. Guns are being cocked. Yeah, somebody had said, I hadn't seen a woman in 10 years since they had come in. So they were so stunned. And then they had a Muzungu lady with us. 
No one moved. I mean, my heart is racing. My legs are weak. I'm feeling, why are we here? The night before I had nightmares. would be inside there and we would be locked in and we'll never come out. And this is maximum prison. And you know, in maximum people, they're on death sentence. So if they kill you, what else are you going to give them? Another death penalty, I'm already dying. It was scary stuff. We went to share the good news of Christmas with them and we went to the Christmas songs and I was leading and I'm just there. My voice is just cracking and I'm, I, it was scary. They're looking at us. No one is just, just there, man. Hard. Man, I'll never forget that experience in my life but the moment we started worshiping, hearts were broken. Tears were coming out. I mean, gro- I mean these men were in tears. It got so exciting <laughs> that they were going to give them some stuff. Like Christmas, we had a cake. One of our, that back then, there was a lady who used to make cakes. She had made this huge cake. So we went and got, gave them cake. They never tasted cake for a long time. Some of them had been there for a long time. And we're giving them cake, blue band, and I think bread and milk. And let me tell you, so they were saying, okay, how are we going to do it? Everyone is so excited. So they asked the inmates, do, they, do you want them to come inside your jail? They said, Yes. I'm like, what? Everyone is so excited that they said yes. And then they asked them, will you behave? We will behave. And we got in. Into the cells. We were handing them one by one. That thing broke my heart. We cried like children after that experience. Tears. They were saying, no one has ever done this to us. And in that evening, we got reports the whole time. They were just singing Christmas songs in the jails. Powerful. Powerful. As I said, involvement has been my way of life in this house. Reflecting on that and all that God had made possible for me to be involved in, renewed my heart today. It renewed my heart for more. I want to speak to the younger people, and I'm saying younger because I'm also young. Younger. I want to speak to you today, and I want to tell you, Don't waste the opportunity that is before you to get involved. Don't waste it. I'm so grateful I didn't waste my opportunities. I took each and every one of them. Any mission trip that came up, I went for it. It didn't matter if I didn't have money. We looked for somehow to raise it. And we got involved. Get involved. Take every chance you get. Take every chance you get. Get involved in your sales. Get involved in your community. Get involved in this house and everything that we're doing. Get involved. From our main scriptures that we just read earlier on, I'm drawn to the heart of Paul because his heart was to be involved. This was a man who got involved with God's plan until his dying days. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You see it also throughout his letters. You see it in the book of Acts throughout his journey. The opening text reveals the purpose that he had in his heart to bear fruit amongst the Romans. He said, I want to bear fruit amongst you like I have been. I have been in these other Gentile places. But there was one thing that stood out, one compelling factor that drove him to fight everything he had to make sure that he would get to them. And it's from verse 14. It says, I have a responsibility both to the Greeks And to those who don't speak Greek, both to the wise and to the foolish. And I believe the key that put the demand upon his life to be involved in the depth that he was involved in was responsibility. Come on, say that word, responsibility. 
Come on, don't be afraid of that word. <laughs> responsibility. Paul took responsibility of the call he was given concerning the people he was given to. So today I want to speak to us about renewed to take responsibility. Renewed to take responsibility. This word responsibility is also the word in this scripture, obligation or debtor. When translated here, it means to be under obligation to do something for someone. You're under obligation. We're living in a time and age where many people don't want to take responsibility for nothing. They don't want to be obligated to no one. And the reason I believe this is true is because responsibility is a lot of work. It's hard work. Remember the first time you were given a responsibility to do? It was a lot of work. And we live in a time where you're like, easy any day. Just give me easy any day. I don't want to be involved. But when you take responsibility for something or someone, it puts a demand on you. So simply put from this text, Paul took responsibility for the preaching of the gospel to the Gentiles as a debt. Something he owed, a duty. And this put a demand on him to do everything possible by being involved. That's what it does. When you take responsibility, it puts something on you to be involved. That's why this man was unmoved. But the many things that he went through, man, this man went through so much to the point of death. And yet, you remember that time he was stoned to the point of death? And he was left outside. Then he woke up. And then he went back, back to the same people who stoned him. He was unmoved and shaken and deterred. So focused because of the responsibility he had concerning those people. He just couldn't just be like, ah, I'm done. This is what he said in 1 Corinthians. He said, yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I am compelled, obligated by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. Listen to his words. How terrible for me. If I don't preach this good news, that's a man rooted in responsibility. It's heavy on him and it should be heavy on us. Our involvement in the things of God and to the degree we are pursuing it reveals if we have taken up responsibility or not. That's how you gauge if you're responsible or not. By how you're pursuing, what degree are you pursuing this thing? Are you really responsible? responsible. You and I need to see the necessity to take responsibility and get involved in the spreading of the good news to all men. As a result of this call that God has given every believer, Christ gave each one of you a ministry. That's what says in 2 Corinthians 5, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Each one of us have that ministry. And you cannot be here thinking, man, that's not for me. That's not for me. In NLC, we have a saying, every believer, a minister. Remember that, those guys who've been here for a while? Every believer, a minister. It's not just the responsibility of the apostles. It's not the responsibility of the prophets, evangelists, preachers, and teachers. They have their responsibility. The scripture tells us their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Their job is to equip us. Equip us to do the work of 
ministry. That's what pastor shared when he shared the vision of the house. Equipping believers to do the work of ministry. You're being equipped. Their responsibility, mine as a pastor, is to equip you. Your responsibility is to take what you've been equipped with and do the work of ministry. That's what it is. Everyone doing their part. Remember that song, Kanisa Lita Jengwa Nakinana. Someone asked the other day, this church is never going to get finished. We've been singing that song for so long. It's like there's no answer to this thing. There's a lot of work to be done. And you'd say the mothers, the fathers, the children, everyone, and all of us would go, Iyo, oh, oh, oh. Iyo, oh, oh. <laughs> it's like, no, you need to take up responsibility. So this is what we should be saying in our hearts. This is what should be our resolve. As much as is in me, as far as opportunity may be offered, and according to my ability, I am taking responsibility for the call over my life. I'm taking it. Lord, I'm taking, you can trust me for me to take that responsibility. So quickly, and I end, how are we renewed to take responsibility? How are you renewed to take responsibility? I'm glad you asked. Luke 12, 35, and I'm going to read it from three different translations. And from the New Living, it says, be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning. From the English Standard, it says, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. From the Revised Standard, it says, let your loins be guarded and your lamps burning. And this is my point. Always be prepared. It's how you stay renewed to take responsibility. Always be prepared, ready and on fire, eager to serve. Always be prepared, ready and on fire, eager to serve. In this scripture, in Luke 12, Jesus is cautioning his disciples and he's telling them, stay dressed for action. Guard your loins. Keep that fire burning. It's a call to always stay ready, to always be prepared to serve at all times. He's speaking to the faithful servants. He's telling them, when the master comes, you better be found serving. You better be found serving. So be prepared. Be prepared. When you're prepared, it's easier for you to take responsibility. When you're prepared. I remember I dreamt about leading worship in this house for years. Man, from the first time I saw pastor playing that guitar, I was like, yep, that's what I want to do. And I dreamt about it and I went and my dad had given me guitar lessons. I'm second generation worship leader from my dad. And I went and he trained me. I told him, give me some lessons. And I prepared, man, I could play. I mean, I was off tune and all those kind of craziness. My family was going nuts because, man, it's just playing and singing. And I'm off key. I haven't gotten it yet together. But I'm dreaming. And I'm getting ready for my day. I'm seeing myself, man, I'll be leading this house. I'll take all the songs that we sing and I'll go and practice them off head. I'll practice and practice and practice and practice, waiting for my day, waiting for my opportunity. Then one day my opportunity came. And I stood there and it wasn't my day. It wasn't the day I was told I was going to do it. It just sprang on me. And the pastor who was leading got so inspired and turned to me and said, sing this song. I'll never forget that day. The key was so high because Rebecca used to lead that song. It was so high for a guy. So he led me and they're just playing and I'm in front of the stadium and everyone is looking at me. My brother is down there. He's like, your moment, your moment. I'm like, it's my moment. And I start. Remember, the key is very high. I just went, oh, glory. 
like, this is not for me. I was waiting, dreaming, and that's all that came out. Pastor, up to this day, has never let me forget that moment. Up to this day. Oh, just humbling moments. You know those moments? Like, oh, it's just humbling moments. But that didn't deter me. I kept on preparing. And look at me today. <laughs> Preparation enables you and sets you up to take responsibilities of the opportunities to come. It enables you and it sets you up so that when that opportunity does come, you can take it. You can take it. You're not found without having the tools ready to do it. Secondly, be ready and on fire. The scriptures tells us in 2 Timothy, this is Paul talking to Timothy. This was the last letter he wrote and he tells him, be ready in season and out of season. Be ready. It doesn't matter if it is good. It's a good time for you, or if it's not, be ready. If it's convenient, or it's not be convenient, be ready. Because if you're ready, you can take responsibility. That word that we read from Luke 12, it, uh, that, that says, guard your loins in the eastern habits and with eastern garments, that was a, it was a received symbol of readiness for active service. Without guarding up, Active service was impossible because they wore this law loose clothing. So when they were told guard up, it meant they would take their clothes and they would guard it on their belt so that it doesn't hinder them. As a believer, that talks about worldly entanglements. Worldly entanglements. Active service in the kingdom is impossible when caught up in worldly entanglements. It's hard for you to do it because, man, there are things blocking your way. So the Bible is saying, guard up, stay dressed for service. There's so much calling for our attention. So much that is calling for our attention and we can easily lose sight of our responsibilities as servants of the master. The worldly entanglements can get us distracted. They can get us disinterested, disloyal, dissatisfied, all with the aim of dissing God. And his kingdom purposes. So my challenge to you is stay ready. And be on fire. Staying on fire is as a result of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says ever being filled. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, you're always full of fire. Always put on that fire inside of you. Let it burn and burn and burn. Be like the wise virgins. You remember the ten virgins? Five were not wise. The other five were very wise. And the difference is the other ones had their lamps full. And they carried back up. So their fires continued to burn. So that when the bridegroom came, they didn't miss out. They didn't miss out. Stay on fire. Do not allow your fire to go down. Keep, keep fanning that flame. Stay on fire. And lastly, be eager to serve. Eager. I love this scripture. I love this scripture from the message. It says, since you're so eager to participate in what God is doing, why don't you concentrate on doing what helps everyone in the church? <laughs> Do what everyone is, be, be eager in doing what helps the church. Jump at every opportunity to serve. Every opportunity. Serve day is coming up. Jump at that opportunity. Jump at it. 
Ask yourself, how we get it connected? As the word comes down on how in each link we're doing it, get eager. Get ready. Tell yourselves, I'm not going to miss out. You've seen pictures and some of you didn't see yourselves. Why? Make sure this year you're seen. <laughs> Make sure you're seen. You're there. Joining in. Do you know I loved looking back in my life and being like, I didn't miss out. I always keep myself eager. Any opportunity I'm given, I want to jump onto it. I want to be involved in everything. I want to be in every meeting, planning everything. I want to be in it. I mean, I'm not those guys who like sitting out. I want to be in it. I want to serve. If we are putting up screen, the, the, the stage, let me put it up. If we are wiping, the, let me wipe. Let me just do something. I just want to be in. Because I want, to, I want my life to count for something. I want, to, I want to make a mark on history. I want people to know I was here. I want you to feel my presence in everything. Some of you might be asking, why are you in everything? Because I want to be in everything. That's why. I want to be involved. Be eager. Be eager. Let your involvement, let involvement be your way of life. Let it be your way of life. Because you've taken responsibility for God's purposes and plans. Let involvement be our way of life, church. Let's all stand in the presence of the Lord. Today, I want to stir us up, not to sit on the sidelines. It is not our culture in NLC. Never has been and never will be. We're not a church that sits on the sidelines. We're not a church. I loved it when, when we were walking for the anti-abortion rally, man, the church, our church was right there. We were leading worship. The first time we did it, I was the conductor. For some reason, my hands couldn't move. Man, I practiced, but I was so robotic. Have you ever had those things of how you think you're doing it? And versus how you're really doing it? How I thought I was doing it was... And man, I was loving it. Then I got to the day, the pastor was there, looked at Rebecca, who is that? What is he doing? And my hands were like this, literally. But the next time, I practiced, practiced, promised me I practiced. Not only was I conducting the choir, I was leading. I had my guitar on stage. Prominent people were behind me. And I remember the Lord speaking, your gift will make room for you in front of kings. And I remember just being so grateful that I was here. That my life mattered. Your life matters. It only matters if you get involved. Don't keep your gift to yourself. Don't keep your talents to yourself. Get involved. Get involved. What do you think the master will ask us on judgment day? So funny to me that God has given us an exam and then he gives us the answers to that exam. And then we fail. See, he said, I was in hospital. You visited me. I was in prison. You came to see I was naked. You clothed me. I was hungry. There were people there who were like, when were you ever in hospital? When were you? He's telling you exactly what he shall ask you on that day. And as here we are, we are listening to that. What are you doing? Where, which hospital are you in? Which prison are you visiting? Which people are you clothing? What hungry people are you feeding? 
Faith promises, faith, our mission faith promises allowing us to do things. Are you involved even in that? Get involved. Are you serving in your community when your cell leader calls? Let's go prayer work. Are you involved? It makes a difference. God will ask you, where were you? Don't be caught and be like those people like, when were you? When were you? You've read it a thousand times. The least you do, you've done it to me. Let's get involved, church. Let's get involved. This is our time. This is our moment to do something incredible for the kingdom of God. Come on, if that's you, just lift your hands before the Lord. Let me pray for you today. Rebecca is reminding me. You know, so many times we think it's because of where you are in your position. When I was doing all these things, I was nobody. It's just a member in church. I was just a member in church who just had a heart to get involved. And you might be here thinking, man, I'm not, I don't have all what you have. I'm not as gifted as you are. I don't have the, 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 the speaking ability you do. They can tell you. They've seen me. It didn't start that way. But I had a heart to serve. I just wanted to be used by him. Father, see us today. Help us. Help us, God. Help us not lose this opportunity to take responsibility of what you've given us. Let us not be like that one guy who you gave him a talent and he hid it. Let us be like the other two who took it and multiplied it and were considered faithful because of their actions. Let us be men and women of action today, doing what you've called us to do, looking for every opportunity that is made available to get involved. Let us make our mark on history. Let us all make our mark on history. And I pray for our time in Sav Day that God, you're going to use us to make a difference in our communities. That through our actions, lives will be changed. People will come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Doors will be opened to homes as a result of us touching and just having that contact with our communities. I pray from this point forward as we go, as the vision is being laid before us and the plans are being laid before us and opportunities being given, that this house, this house can be trusted to make it all happen. In Jesus' name. And everybody said a good amen. Can we really appreciate the Lord today? Ah, can we really appreciate the Lord today? I hope... I hope you're being renewed to take responsibility. I hope things are about to shift in this house. Things are about to change in how we are going out in our cells and through the different things that we shall be doing. Let's see our cells being used like we've never been used before.